everyone. Welcome once again to our next episode of Let's Talk Talent. I'm once again joined by Chaddy. Welcome, Chaddy. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. No problem. How have you been? Very well, thank you. Excellent. Um, so, on the last podcast, uh, or the last two podcasts, we've been tackling performance management. Um, this time, I really wanted to, to look at managing underperformance um, as, as a topic. Now, in previous companies that, that I worked at, there were performance improvement plans. I hope, hope I got the, the phrase right, PIPs, as they were, they, they were, they were shortened to, um, where employees were given, uh, or underperformers were given 30 days, set of goals and objectives to meet in that time frame. Um, and then typically at the end of that time frame, if they hadn't met those objectives, they were exited from the business. Um, is that... I mean, is that a typical approach that organisations still do? And if so, is that the right approach? So from my experience, I refer to them as employee rescue plans. And although performance improvement plans... It's a nice phrase. Well, I, I, I think it, it, it would probably sum up quite nicely how, how they're viewed and, and, and used. In my experience, when someone receives a performance improvement plan, they will get a set of generally unrealistic objectives to achieve in an yeah. unrealistic time frame which begs the question, were they given objectives in the first place? Yeah, and correct. was their performance <laughs> defined and therefore was it, was it assessed? I think sometimes these things are used as a veil to, to cover what is an inevitable act. Yeah, and, I mean, and, and also I guess it begs the question, is, is 30 days truly enough time to, to, I guess, to, to turn themselves around? Well, it's funny because the timescale for me is usually dictated by whoever the employment lawyer is that will tell you you needed to have given the, the person enough time. I, I, I think, listen, if you can put your hand on your heart and honestly say that you have given that employee the support development and the understanding they need to turn their performance around in that time yeah. and that employee agrees it's a realistic schedule, then perhaps... Right, okay. Now, pre a PIP, um, sometimes you get managers that will tell themselves, oh, if they try harder, they'll be fine, because they, 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 they're kind of reluctant to make the decision. And of course, then those underperformers are carrying on, that has an adverse impact on productivity, etc. As a manager, how do you know when it's time, this is a broad question, but how do you know when it's time to make an uncomfortable decision, such as to put someone on a pit? That's a great question, and I think hard work is revered. However, the emphasis now should be on outputs, not, not inputs. So for me, I would rather my manager didn't tell me to work harder, but rather they gave me a really clear indication as to what good performance looks like, and then let me get, let me get on with it. I think if you've done that, offer the support, development, and coaching that, that the employee needs, and you both agree it's, it's not working, then I think it would be fair on both the organisation and the individual for them to exit. Which, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And for first-time managers, um, you know, in a lot of organisations, people go into management roles for the first time, they've not necessarily had the training, they've just been promoted into, into that position. For first-time managers that have had to, say, do a PIP uh, or employee mm. rescue, um, for, for for the first time, and and they, they've they've had to exit. They've they've made the decision that employees going to exit it. What advice would you give to those first time managers in terms of post making that decision? 
um, dealing with the aftermath of the rest of their team members that might think that was a, the wrong decision to have been made, etc. etc. Like how did, how what advice do you give to a first time manager then got to then work with the rest of their team, knowing that they one of their team members has been exited? Sure. Well, firstly, I'd, I'd say that prevention is always better than cure. So yeah. as, a, as a first-time manager, it's really important to get into those good managerial habits early, setting expectations, so not just around objectives, but also around behaviours, measure, measuring people against those expectations regularly, um, and telling them what, when, when they've done well. Now, if you've done those things and you find yourself in the unfortunate position of, of being in an in that situation where you have to exit it, I would say you know a few things. Firstly, follow the process and treat that person as you would like to be treated in that situation. I think it's difficult for team members when a member of the team that they might have a professional and personal relationship moves on. However, I think fairness is very important to employees. And if they feel that that person has been treated fairly and they've been treated fairly relative to that person, then often people understand that you have to make good business decisions. So, so Chaddy, an, an, another question to throw at you. Um, so what happens when um, the underperform- underperformers are actually underperforming because of the result of the manager? Sadly people leave the organisation and now more than ever people will leave the organisation because the expectation has changed. When people join companies they expect their manager to be supportive, to be helpful, to give them direction, to develop them, to coach them. So when that happens, when or when that doesn't happen I should say, it disengages people and if it disengages people you'll see a change in maybe their attitude and behaviour and most likely, not necessarily, but most likely a dip in their performance. But how, from an organisation perspective, how can they avoid mistakes that can happen? So, um, for example, I'm a manager, I am managing someone who's underperforming, but they're underperforming as a result of my poor management. Um, Whilst, I don't know if that individual is working for you, they could be an absolute high performer. But for the organisation, they lose that member of staff because of me as the manager. Sure, that's a fantastic question. So I think there's a couple of things. Firstly, I think what's the framework to assess someone's effectiveness as a manager or leader? I'm not talking about what they achieve in their day-to-day job, but their role as a leader. And if that's to inspire, to motivate, to help create creativity, to encourage collaboration, then how well are they doing that, firstly? Secondly, I would say that you need to get under the skin of why people do things. So you, you might know that someone is underperforming, but why are they underperforming? Is it an issue issue of motivation? Is it a lack of resource? Is it a lack of direction, clarity? Once you can understand that, not only can you be more likely to, to be able to rectify the issues, yeah. but you're more, more likely to be able to create an environment where someone will perform very well. Have you got any examples of managers, obviously without naming names, um, that have done this well in terms of managing underperformers and so I, I won't I won't describe certain managers, but I will describe certain certain cultures, and I feel that cultures where there is the attitude that 
they're very clear on the company's purpose, what it wants to achieve, and they have an almost fail but fail fast approach. Yeah. Those organisations tend to have a culture where underperformance is, is managed not only well but in a, in a timely manner as well because they simply can't afford to carry anyone. I think on the flip side, in very very large organisations, it's a slightly harder to, to get under the skin of, of, of why people are performing simply because there are more people doing the same mm. job mm. and um, it's harder to pinpoint the, the, the specific areas of, of, or, the, or the people that, that might not be pulling their weight as much. So for, for me, it's less about in, individual managers. Yes, you'll always have um, differences, but it's very much about a, a culture where the organisation is very, very clear on, on what it expects from managers, but also what performance looks like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, to summarise, um, if you could give three pieces of advice to HR leaders and, and managers, what would it be? I'd say, firstly, set expectations. Be really clear with employees about what you expect them, you expect them to deliver and how you expect them to behave. The second thing I'd say is review that regularly. Yeah. So make sure, make the time, make it a habit to sit down with them and, and praise them for the stuff that, that they've done well. Um, and also... You know, talk to them constructively about how they can, um, um, how they can, how they can develop. And then finally, if you feel someone is underperforming, very much try to try to understand why they're underperforming and, and what it is you can do to to support them. Cool, thanks, Charlie. Um, appreciate your time. No, um, as always, um, come to an end in terms of timing, but thank you. Um, thank you to, to everyone who's listened. Um, if you've got any ideas on topics for future podcasts, uh, do let us know. Uh, we'd love to address any of those burning issues that, that are on your desks. Um, but for now, thank you very much. Bye.